church planning, people take risks, and I am sure there is a risk taker here, someone young at the back. Um, can I have a volunteer? Someone young at the back, quickly, no, don't, or else I will volunteer you. I'm really good at that. Any, anybody? All right, there's a young lady um, right up here in the back, back corner. Um, you're younger than me. Can you please please stand up for, for a minute and somebody, can you hold the microphone? All right. All right. And your name? Maureen. Maureen can't see a thing because uh, I've blindfolded her and that's why she needs to be a risk taker because Maureen is going to find her way to me right now. So thank you, Maureen, for, for coming and uh, not too much help from anybody, please. Um, she's got to find her way, way to me. I'm, I'm over here, Maureen, if that helps. All right, now Maureen's trying to take over. She's trying to... She's right up the front, ready to, ready to speak. All right. Maureen, you, you, you did very well. Give her a hand, please. And you can go back with your sight to where you were. <laughs> now, we're talking about vision. And vision is the ability to be able to what? To see. And uh, Maureen did very, very well. Um, because uh, she made it to the front, but I was way over there and she was, you know, you saw, because you've got vision. Because vision is really important in leading the most important thing that God wants to do, and that is a multiplying movement of disciple makers. And he said to... Um, the Pharisees leave them. They are blind, or about the Pharisees, they're blind guides. If the blind lead the blind, both will fall into the pit. Yes? And that was Matthew. And then in Luke, earlier in Luke, he says, um, he told them this, can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the pit? What I want you to know, if you are leading part of a disciple-making movement and want to start a new church and you cannot see where you are going, don't do what Jesus just said we shouldn't do. Because the blind should not lead the blind. Isn't that right? And now it's interesting Formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, come, let us go to the what? The seer. Now, what's a seer? A seer is a prophet. And a prophet is someone who sees like God. And, and I want to just put a whole Bible study of the Old Testament quickly into three points. 
When you have vision and God's vision, you are seeing God's preferred future. We are studying Isaiah in our Sabbath school lessons at the moment, and you will find throughout Isaiah, but particularly the last few chapters, he has a desired future, and it's very, very clearly there, and prophets see it. But prophets also see the reality, and today we're looking at the reality of Babylon, and what all that, that meant. And the obstacles to God's preferred future. And if you have godly vision, you will also see the way forward through those obstacles. Because we are in a great controversy. And we will find the preferred future that God is looking for for us. So we need to have vision. The first vision that you need to have if you're going on this journey is a vision of God. Who is God to you? If he's a small God, if you've got too many questions at the moment, don't leave because you have no vision. You need to be able to see what God is like. And going to Isaiah, Isaiah could see God's preferred future. He could see the obstacles. He could see the way forward because he had a vision of God. And it said, um, and if you read the rest of Isaiah 6, I think it was in our lesson a few, few weeks ago, of all the obstacles that he would face, and yet he saw the glory of God. And that's what empowered him and continually focused him because he had an experience with the living God. If you don't have an experience with the living God, leave. This is Karatha, Western Australia. I took this out of a Qantas plane. The reason I like this picture because one Sabbath morning on my own, I had a special experience with God in the deserts just outside of Karatha. Now I've had others and I could show you other pictures. But when God clearly speaks to you and gives you a clear vision of what he wants for you and your life or your conference or your church or whatever, that is what is at the base of, 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 of vision, seeing God. The second vision that we need to have is what is our vision for the kingdom of Jesus? What values are you willing to, to live out? Are you really happy with the value of service? Do you know what service and servant and slavehood might mean? What about humility? You know, are we willing to do what Jesus did, who was creator of all the universe and willingly became an embryo inside a woman in the first century? Or Are we willing to, 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 to take that, that out? What about the, the value of suffering? Because let me tell you, it's one of the things that Jesus promises 
And if it's the three angels' message, the one, the big value that says, blessed are those that have, what is it, patience. Here are the patience of the saints, the perseverance of the saints. Have you got it? Can you do it? If you start, will you finish? Do you have a, a vision of the kingdom of Jesus? Because it's interesting that Jesus says he will build the church. You won't. I won't. I tell you, that was freeing. When I was church planting, Jesus, you'll build the church. But he gives us the keys to the kingdom, so we need to know all about the kingdom. Do we have a vision of the kingdom? Can we use the keys of the kingdom to open up the treasure house of heaven for the ministry that we are going to be involved in? That's having vision there. You need to have a vision for yourself and others. What will you become... As you are involved in what you're doing. Who will you be like? Have you written it down, your aspirational goals and who you can become? Because if you haven't, you may not get anywhere. I remember when I was a young pastor, I was told to write them down and I put them in a card and I read the card a few years ago and it was amazing to see some of the things that I dreamed about 30 odd years ago and how they have come true by faith and grace in Jesus Christ. Have a vision for yourself based on your God's vision for you. Who you will you become? What gifts and abilities have God given you that are uniquely you and nobody else has them and God wants you to make who you are? How are you going to be a disciple and a leader and a disciple-making disciple? How are you going to encourage other people on the journey? Because people, if you're leading... Look to you and to, to see what you're doing because you are a model. Our mission of the Seventh-day Adventist Church worldwide is to make disciples. How about you read it with me? Ready? One, two, three. Really quick. Disciples of Jesus Christ who live as his loving witnesses and proclaim to all people the everlasting gospel of the three angels' messages in preparation for his soon return. Isn't that the heart of Adventism? That's our mission. And that means we have to be those living, loving witnesses proclaiming. We've got to have that vision that we can do what we have been asked to do. And for the division, our whole focus is on Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, where it talks about speaking the truth in love and that we can be built up in every way and become more like Jesus. More generous, more gracious, more courageous, strong, and all of those kind of things. Do you have that vision of what Jesus can do for you? I know Missy Karamguna um, was involved in a discipleship tour that I, I led a number of years ago. He just recently became the youth uh, director for the Papua New Guinea Union Mission. I've had a lot of time... Um, when I was the president of Western Australia, we had a uh, partnership with the Morabi Mission and he was a young intern then. And so I've known him for a long time and seen his growth and development. If he was here, and I want so much for the South Pacific to be, to be the South Pacific, 
again and that we can travel because the people of Papua New Guinea have things that we need to know and we have things that we need to teach, teach them. But he and the world changes Bibles in. He picks people who are not even Adventists and he says, I can see that God wants to use you. He's done it to Catholics. He's done it to, to, to people of the United Church, young people, and says, here is a world changer Bible. God will change your life and you're going to go and start planting churches. And you see what happens. He does it because he's had a vision, and I know since he was an intern, all the way through of how God would work in him and develop him and I did share the nominating committee and I didn't put his name up it was the people the Papua New Guineans who said we because the the youth current youth leader got to do some other administration gob and they said we want Missy Karam it was almost unanimous because he has such a vision and, and he knows the power of God and the power of the word. That is what changes things. We need to have a vision of the community. What difference will your church and your presence make in the community? What issue will you challenge? Will it be drug abuse? Will it be homelessness? Will it be... Um, Providing support, will it be hunger? What will the issue that you have and that people will know this church does this and if they left, we would be sad because we're willing to do something for the community. We are focused. When Sven and I were involved in church planting and we experimented for a period of about 10 years, we planted over 70 churches. Now, I think today there's only about 40 of them left. That doesn't matter. If we hadn't tried for the 70, we'd never got the 40. Are you hearing me? And, and there were failures. And I've tried planted churches. I was talking to Colin Hone this morning. And... Um, at church, and he's feeling a little bit of a failure because what he started on the Central Coast hasn't happened. I said, Colin, I, I can say, you know, and I'm a trained pastor. I've failed. It's okay. You can do it again. But what you've got to know, and what we're, so what I was saying in regard to the Western Australian churches, we never let them start a church unless they had a vision for the community. Unless they were willing to do something that made a difference in other people's lives. Because this is not just for us to have our very happy little Adventist Sabbath-keeping club. Not a reason to start a church. And our purpose statement for the division, because we have to report to the uh, Charities Commission, because our churches are, are connected there, is to inspire hope. And that's always in Jesus. And wholeness of life, and that's health and whatever, but it's in our communities. People ought to know that when the Adventist church, whatever new church or whatever is there, is that is what we do and they don't want us to go. We need to have that kind of vision and know what particularly we need to do because you can't do, it everything, do everything. I had a report from Vanuatu address this, this week. Now, these are old pictures going back, I think, to 2015 of Adra Vanuatu. But they have very clear visions of what they will do and how they support the churches and the churches support them in reaching the community. And I can tell you that on the island of Efate, 
Before the cyclone in 2015, and they've had three cyclones since then, only one quarter of the villages were allowing Seventh-day Adventists to minister there. After that cyclone, because the church people with ADRA went and did all of the community service, taking the water, fixing the houses that had blown over, bringing clothes and food and all of that. Every village in Ifate Island, which is where Port Villa is, now has a Seventh-day Adventist presence. Their membership on that one island has more than doubled because they had a community vision. And I could tell you the story that really inspired them, but I don't have time. You also need to have a vision for your church. What is your church going to look like? Will it be like crosswalk and multi-campuses all over the United States operated by a central pastor remotely? Or will it be a network of groups? Or something like the typical church or whatever? But you need to work it out and have a vision for it and work with the people that you're working with and your conference and your perhaps supporting Mother Church, to know what it will look like because you need that kind of vision, a vision to be part of a thriving Adventist movement, living our hope in Jesus and transforming the Pacific. That's our vision statement for the, the whole of the division. Disciple-making movement, that's how we started out as Adventists. And there are parts of our division where it's happening. There's even parts of Australia where it's happening and, and also North New South Wales. Little pockets, but we want to see it grow and spread and move. I, um, when I was in uh, Western Australia, I was asked to do teach church planting in Holland. Um, and I, I took a couple of the uh, West Australian pastors and my my wife, and we actually did a bit of a tour to see what was creatively done over there. And this is a couple in the west part of Germany, close to the, the uh, Netherlands border. And um, their vision was really clear. They said, all of our friends in our local church of our age are no longer Seventh-day Adventists. And when we go to church, we're the only people of our age group there. Their vision was very clear of the kind of church that they were going to start. It was for young people, young adults like them, business professional people. And you can see in their current office building in downtown, and I forget the name of the city, they had part of their church, I mean their office building set up for as, as a church. And this is their new building, and I, I couldn't find the, the picture, but in there they've got a church, and I've got a picture of them worshipping there with 30 people, and they're all young adults, because they had a clear vision, and when the vision is clear, you put your life behind it, you put your money behind it, you put your resources, your whole focus, because you're very clear that God is Leading you, a vision of God, a vision of Jesus' values, a vision of what God can do for you and the people that work with you, a vision for the community and a vision of the kind of church that you want to, to actually see. And uh, we have 
around the division shared that you, if you want to see it happen, you've got to prepare the soil, sow the seed, and then cultivate and harvest, and the multiplication will come. And I believe that what you're doing here is happening. And may I say that particularly around the Tweed Heads area and uh, the Central Coast up to Raymond Terrace area, which are the big population areas of this conference, we really need people to reach the cities. That's it. I hope you are not the blind leading the blind. Have vision, a vision of God.